0: You are in recovery there's a there's a statement in AA called we're going to turn our world our life over to the care of a power greater than ourselves based on our own understanding of it yes now I'm just saying I'm just trying to add something on to us it. not trying to erase that statement that's fine but I in my experience I want to have a, a higher power and know it by its own understanding I don't want to frame the idea of a higher power from my understanding, because it will always be a lesser power than I am. Self will have a God, will have this Buddha nature, but it will always be above and framing the nature. And so I want to experience in life, or have a sense, or rely on something of its own understanding, because it has a much, much more infinite possibilities than I can entertain, it can give me, or it can offer Of course, I look at it as it's going to give me, because it's always self centered. But, so the whole point is, is just seeing how everything is framed by self centeredness. And just telling the truth about that. And in that telling the truth about that, that is the activity of your nature, which is being conscious. You're now becoming conscious of what you are unconscious of. You are unconscious of the fact that you've been claiming this to be conscious. And in that activity of claiming this, this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, Paul, as being conscious, you have forgotten the consciousness of. Which is the verb of consciousness here. Being is, when conscious, it's like when a runner is verbing, he's running. When consciousness is verbing, it's a conscious of. Yeah? It's conscious of, that's what it does. It recognizes, it, under- it doesn't understand, it sees. Whatever arises in it, it sees. Why? Because it's conscious. That's the feeling of presence. When I'm conscious of, instead of conscious as this, that's the sense of presence. It's actually the absence of this as being the subject. Because what more uh, claiming of subjectivity is there than to say, I, as this, am conscious, when actually the true subjectivity is consciousness. So in recovery they always talk about the how and why of it. Well we I don't believe we do talk about it much actually. But they say the how and why of it is to quit playing god. Now what the hell is, what is it what does it look like when something's playing god? Check it out. Yeah. For me there's so many examples all the day because when you wake up in the morning your head tells you how the day's going to be. That's playing god. When it, when you wake up in the morning it tells you how you are. How you're going to be, how you will be, how they were, how they're going to be, how they will be, how the world is. It's constantly pontificating with a great sense of authority, but it's always wrong. So its take is always consciously full of holes. Yeah? Just see it. But to me, that's the plain God. And the biggest thing that. See, if this gives meaning to things, this apparatus, which it does, what is the greatest meaning it could give anything? in this little realm, is that it's you. So the mental process has named this body as being you. It's given the greatest meaning it can give anything, instead of just realizing the true meaning of its nature, which is the consciousness of, that act of being, B-E-I-N-G, not of being, but being. It is a verb. So. Nice flute music. Man. Monday's organ. Is great. <laughs> I mean, how could you have planned this better? We just rent this room and then we get organ music thrown in, flute music thrown in. It's great. Incredible. <laughs> so, this idea of being conscious, you have to see what, what is the first contact with this world, or what we call the world. What is it? It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And you see thoughts, like an eye would see a b- bird fly by a window if it was looking at it. If I'm looking at, out that window and a bird flies by, I'm going to see it. Even if I didn't want to see it, I'm seeing it Because you know, there's consciousness. So the same thing, feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling. That's conscious contact. The mental process says, I'm seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, yeah, Smelling. At the first point of contact, the mental process deviates. And from that point of deviation is your story. And it just compounds more and more and more. The narrative becomes more historical. There's more reinforcement of it because of your perceptions. You perceive yourself. You see this body. You do. And then you see whatever this is. You don't know, but you see another body. So obviously, it seems so plainly... To us, that there is separation but you have to realize perceptions aren't facts they're not a perceptions it, it appears to be true or false to you you perceive it one way or the other based on where you're looking at it from so if you're looking at life from self-centeredness your perceptions are going to be of a real world with real solid things because you believe you're a real thing and really solid That perception is going to reinforce the trance. And the daily narrative of the head is going to reinforce the story of a life based on self. And every time self arises, every time there's a sense of being Paul, it's also going to have a sense of being historical. You believe that's your... I know, the way I feel, I know I've been here. But that feeling is contrived. The mental process... The mental process has produced a verb. It's verbing, selfing. Selfing, 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 selfing. That verb makes up an illusion that there's a noun. The noun, that illusion is reinforced by the perception of being a body. So, that locks you in. So, the selfing, selfing, selfing is a noun. And now, the noun is having the mental process. The noun... Paul is what's seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting, but in fact it's not so. There's just seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But the mental process has arisen and claimed it all. So the verification of that statement in spirituality, which is I am, that verification is used to make it I am Paul. Yeah? The power of the sense of being conscious, that I amness is used now to reinforce the belief that you're a long-lasting independent separate entity because the mental process has claimed it and put name and form on it. Name, Paul, form this. So now, every second, where the truth, in a sense, is, is being displayed, we're totally blind to it because I think I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. And it's not the mind isn't saying it every time they're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching it's now a belief so all the seeing and all the hearing and all the feeling and all the tasting and all the touching is going on and right underneath it is the feeling that I'm the one who's seeing and as soon as I'm the one who's seeing the emphasis is not on the seeing it's on me and what I'm seeing so seeing which has a seer and a seen it's a whole event a seeming seer the act of seeing and the seen yeah now is not seen as a seamless verb it's seen as duality subject me seer object seen forget the the vehicle the seeing now all the emphasis is on me and on you yeah i'm the subject hearing that sound the truck going by so now the emphasis on me as the hearer and the truck, it causes me to become unconscious to the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, and touching. And all I have is name and form, and now a story is written about that name and form. Yeah. So they're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Mental process reacts to it. I am seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It goes unnoticed, and then everything that gets noticed now is noticed from self-centeredness. And that's unconsciousness. Because you're unconscious to the fact of your nature. No matter how conscious you get as a quote-unquote self, you're unconscious to your basic nature. Yeah? So as a self, you can be really conscious, and you can be really unconscious, but there's still a, a separation from the fact that you're consciousness. In other words, like for us in recovery that says, you know, your daily reprieve from alcoholism is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. Sounds really well and good. But let's just see if this is what I believe to be my primary condition, which is physical, yeah. and now this is now going to become spiritual. It's like attempting to do a very high-level graft I'm gonna graft nothing onto something. You know what I mean? I'm gonna graft all this nothingness, this, this spirit, and I'm gonna become, as this, spiritual. I, still predominantly the primary identification, is gonna now have this attribute of being a spiritual person. Yeah? That's not it. Like I got an email from someone, and he says. Oh, I'm so tired of being Mr. Spiritual. And I said, there's no Mr. in spiritual. (laughs) And there's no Mr. in non-spiritual. They're just appearances in this place of duality that is caused to be stable, seemingly, here, based on you as the subject and everything else as an object. But in fact, you're an object, this... And the true subject is looking out of you. It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. And its quality is seeing. That's all it is. I don't mean visually, just seeing. That is like the telescope. This is like the telescope. And it has the right set of lenses to make up a world. When consciousness looks through this telescope of a body, it sees itself as other. Spirit sees itself as form. Spirit sees itself as other. Spirit... All knownness, all nonness, all nothingness can, appears to be something, lots of somethings. Yeah. But it can only appear here in this realm, coming through this telescope. But when the telescope believes it's what's seeing, that's the dilemma, yeah. Because then everything it can entertain is broken into duality. So instead of entertaining peace and peace alone, it entertains peace and and. War. Instead of entertaining all there is is consciousness, it has to entertain I can become conscious or unconscious. Instead of realizing that there is no journey to get to everywhere, it believes you can be close and far, let's say, to the truth. You can be connected and disconnected. You can be close to the center of it all, and then suddenly cast out into the outer distances from it. And there will be real experiences, or seemingly real, as real as you've seen me seemingly are but you'll feel it like it's real I feel really disconnected because you can really feel connected but you're neither of them all there is is consciousness that's the beauty of the message it's optionless there's no choice you your relevance is taken totally out of the equation because if it's based on you it's going to be conditional it's going to swing from peace to unpeace and you're and when you're in peace, it'll have something to do with you, and when you're in unpeace, it will also have something to do with you. So you'll be the most relevant thing, not the peace. Peace will be something you have. You'll be more important, quote unquote, than the peace. You will be raised above the peace, and you'll be having it or not having it based on what you've done or haven't done. Just like when people go, I'm going to know God, who's the bigger God there? You! I'm going to now know God. My great magnificence has decided to, oh yes, I think I'll turn my all-magnificent glare onto God. And no, maybe not today. I, feel, I feel disconnected. did they say God is everywhere, why aren't you bumping into it then? Why? Why don't you sense it? There must be a special somewhere that you've hidden in to preclude the that there isn't everywhere. There is everywhere, but it's not in this special somewhere. That ain't everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere's definition is it's everywhere. There can't be a special somewhere in everywhere. And that's what you and I as this are. We're a special somewhere that excludes us from the recognition of everywhere. Because we want to see everywhere from a special somewhere. I want to get the sense of everywhere. I'm waiting to get it. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get enlightened. That's a special somewhere, wanting to have an experience of everywhere. You cannot experience everywhere as a special somewhere. It's not even an experience. Everywhere is everywhere. For an experience, it had it not be, and then you have it, and then you lose it. That's an experience. If you had a constant experience, it wouldn't be called an experience. That's the dilemma here. We want to have an experience of spirit, but spirit can't be experienced. Spirit has no beginning or end, so we don't recognize it. It's a a fundamental flaw of the conditioned mind. It doesn't recognize what's always here. It's impossible for for it to recognize what's always here. Just like the fish, it doesn't know, it doesn't even know it's wet. It's totally immersed in the water. But what happens is, if someone throws a hook and catches it, and then it drags them onto a deck, it it knows the the importance of the water by its absence. It's flapping around like crazy on the deck. That's what we're doing here. We call it being very suave and and you know very cool. But we're just flapping all over the place. We're in total denial of our nature, and we're trying to yeah, it's really cool. It's like run are a Boat and everyone's got shit in their pants and we're all trying to act like, oh, it smells great today. No, it doesn't, it sucks. Oh, they look so good flapping around. I just saw that outfit in Mademoiselle, but they're flapping around. <laughs> look, I don't care if they have a tuxedo on. <laughs> the irritability to restlessness and discontent. Is that is that attractive? But the boots are nice. Okay. <laughs> Alright, the boots are nice. But this is as if, it's like we say it. We've been saying it for weeks now. I used to use it a long time ago. Have you been in a cafe today when someone was complaining about gravity? you? Huh? Did you hear anyone at uh, Pete's Coffee? Jesus, gravity is really hard on my right. I, it looks like it's a little heavy on your left. Are you doing all right? Yeah. Why the hell? It's out to get us today. What's happening? No. We have been under the influence as a body by gravity our whole time and so we have no idea of it. It's only if we would go into like an anti-gravity room or something, then by its absence we would know about its presence. Just like in recovery, I used to always say, it talks about that fear, that corroding thread that runs through the fabric of our life. I think the shirt's brown, right? Brown, green, whatever. Well, let's just say one of the threads matches this color. You would have a difficult time discerning which is the fear and which is the fabric of your existence, yeah? So let's say when you were born, someone put a hand on your shoulder, and it's been there ever since. Would you know it was there? No. Because it's always been there. You would only know it by its absence. If it finally got lifted off, you would know now how heavy it was by its absence. That's exactly the disability that a conditioned mind has. It does not recognize always and everywhere. What's always here is seen as never being here. So everywhere can be missed. You can live without bumping into everywhere, just because of its quality of being everywhere. But if you look at everywhere, and you're in your little gated community of special somewhere, and you believe you are going to go journey to the center of everywhere, tell me where the center of everywhere is. Wouldn't it be everywhere? Mm. Now, how would I gauge how I'm doing in the journey if the journey, if it's in everywhere, where's it going? If you took one step back, you'd still be everywhere. If you took one step forward, you'd still be everywhere. How can you gauge how you're doing? I'm getting to the, closer to the center of everywhere. How could you could do that? It's just a recognition. But you can't recognize it from where you're looking at. Because where you're looking at it is a very distorted pair of glasses called self-centeredness. We become identified with it, so we, be, we believe this is the way we just see. But it isn't. It's a contrived, conditional way of looking. And any way of looking, any way of looking... Can be help. some of them can be helpful here, but most of them are truly a form of blindness to the seeing. All that we're attempting to do is try to correct the distortions of this way of looking called self centeredness, but you have to realize all that activity is in self centeredness. The The primary identification with the first pair of glasses is safely in place. You're just trying to improve the lenses so you can see a little farther a little better or not not run into so many things. You want to have a little light, but you don't want to recognize you are the light. You want to have an experience of the light, but you want to have an experience of light as you. And you may have experiences of light. But what the true light is isn't an experience, it's your state. It has never had a break. It has, doesn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end. So your head can't recognize it. The beautiful news is when you drop out of that center of the head, which is self, then there's a recognition or an intimation of the presence of that, of the sense of everywhere. Yeah? You can't see everywhere. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. But you can intimate it. Why? Because you're conscious. You have consciousness. So the consciousness can be conscious of what? The everywhere in which it dwells. And of course, what's going to happen? When that's recognized, thoughts are not going to be seen as yours. Feelings are not going to be seen as yours. Plans, though you'll still have them, will not be seen as truly yours. There'll be a freedom from all the bondage to self. All the claiming that self had done, all the claiming of the consciousness and the problems and your condition and your body and this and time and all that will be slowly or very quickly freed. Yeah. What used to totally preoccupy you, all these little trips into what's not happening, you'll have the perfect immunity to it because you'll be rooted in what's happening, which is consciousness, being in contact. Yeah. And tell me, can you contact next Friday? Can you see it? Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Can you taste it? The only way it gets conjured up is through thought. And yet, you can't really conjure it up. I'd like to see you replace what is tonight, Wednesday with next Friday. Come on. I'm even open to it. I'd like to see it. Probably be better than now. Wednesday sucks, so yeah, bring it on. All right, we got a big opening, we'll, we'll swing it in. Is it a big next Friday? Probably, Very, a lot of shit's probably going to happen. All right, truck it in here, let's see. Let's feel it, see it, taste it, touch it, see what happens. Oh, you can't do that? It's, you know, the factory doesn't have next Friday ready yet? Well, let's go back to two years ago. I'm sure you've gone over that thousands of times. Let's bring it over, let's go. 2008, that Wednesday night that you know, you're disappointed, bring it over here. You've represented it so many times. Let's present it once for all of us to see, hear, feel, taste, touch, see. But it sure feels like it's happening. Yeah, to who? Have you ever noticed when you're trying to tell someone about how terrible it is for you and what's not happening, they don't seem to really get it? And then they try to sell you how terrible it is for them and another what's not happening? And unless you're really on the same day of what's not happening, which is a very big crapshoot, You know, like three weeks from now, unless you're in there, there's not too much simpatico. You know, you're like, what the fuck? So your mountain is like a molehill to me, yeah? And my mountain is like a molehill to you. This is where the conditioned mind plays God. It can't play God here, so it tries to override here with the preoccupation of time. Because in time, you can appear to be so important. You're at the center of the whole story. Here, if you're two levels of below a coconut, after about an hour or two, you'll see most people aren't even thinking about you at all. <laughs> Literally. I mean, if you're wondering if everyone's noticing how I look today, they could care less because they're noticing. they're thinking about how everyone's noticing how they look. Yeah, so there's this self thing going off on a huge scale, which gives you a perfect blanket of anonymity. Really, no one really gives a shit about. It. Yeah, I mean, no one remembers that last week my pants were—I had the, you know, unmatching socks on. They could care less. But I wrote five pages in my journal. Did anyone notice my, other? I felt so uncomfortable with that one, but I, I, I really wanted to find the other one, but I'm colorblind. How could I have done something with that? It's not, it's not my fault. Oh. <laughs> it's so funny. So here you have a perfect example of the antidote to what's happening. What's happening? Yeah. How could it be, how could you be missing us unless you were unconscious? How could you be missing what's happening unless you're unconscious? And how can you be unconscious if all there is is consciousness? How could you possibly be unconscious if all there is is consciousness? It must have absolutely no semblance of truth except to you. So for me, it's an optionless state. So no matter what my K-Paul broadcasts, how I'm doing or not doing and this shouldn't be feeling this way. I don't give a shit what it's saying. It. Yeah? Because something is, is... This echo, this unspoken word in me is louder than all the advertising being presented by K-Paul. Yeah? And it's just the obvious fact. You're conscious. Yeah? What's the greatest solution to all your problems that are in what's not happening? The best therapist in the world? Or someone that just says, you know what, it's not happening. I mean, what more would you... Do you need to go to plan B after that's delivered? All right, well, let's see. Let me try it again. Hey, it's not happening. <laughs> but let me tell you about what's, what's not happening. I've heard it before. And, you know, hey, what should I do? Should I make another therapy appointment? Should I get another massage here? Get my hair done? How about it's not happening? I don't like that. I really like what's not happening because I'm scared shit of what's happening alright, now you're getting closer now we're getting to the real rub of it people do not want to be free they want to want to be free the conditioned head has no intention of ever being free because it would be its absence it wants to look like it wants to be free so it will will log hundreds of hours at meetings it will go on retreats and will meditate until peace arises then it will leave so, you know, I used to sit for four hours, and as soon as my mind got peaceful, I got up to do laundry. So, I was totally willing, you know, buckle me in, I'll just suffer for hours. Because the job at hand was to make an identity, a spiritual identity for Paul. Yeah. Those the other ones didn't work, let me become a spiritual Paul. So I thought the hours you did had nothing to do with peace. I did not want to experience the absence of Paul unless I could experience the absence of Paul as Paul. Because there is no experience of the absence of Paul. That's the beautiful thing. Your whole, the revelation of truth is taken out of the experiential level. It's, it's, I won't even call it a state, it's just what is. And there's no requirement necessary to meet it. It's right where you are at all times, exactly as you are, and actually as you're not right now no hoops to jump through no hurdles to to do that none of that it's just a recognition of the obviousness of all there is is consciousness so someone goes well I was conscious that I listened to your message and it said you know I'm a lion but I keeps turning into I can become like a lion and then one day I heard it and it was like I got it I am a lion but I said, no, what's actually the truth is the seeing of both. The ability to see both those little takes of your experiences, yes, is the truth. That seeing, the plain, unadulterated seeing of consciousness, is being demonstrated every moment your seeming life story is being told in your little narration. while seeing all that narration is exactly the same at all times. It doesn't matter what it sees. There can be thousands of different things it sees, thousands of different thoughts, thousands of different composites it makes, the mind makes up for you. Thousands, but there's always a seeing in all of it. That's it. That is, you're like in a mobile home. Yes. It's a verb. You don't get to, it's not like the eternal resting spot. You rec, there's a recognition of it is consciousness of. It's like the runner running. Consciousness is conscious of. That's the sense of it. It's like a verb. It's such an incredible verb. It can have a sense of huge stillness, but it's actually a verb. It's being, being all the time. Conscious, conscious mean. You know, was that a word, conscious being. <laughs> so, how would, how would it would be good? What would be the verb of conscious? I guess conscious, conscious of. Conscious of, conscious of, conscious of, conscious of. And then consciousness can intimate that awareness. It can become conscious of that. Then all hell breaks (laughs) loose. Now you have true immunity to all the slings and arrows. I don't mean the physical slings and arrows, but the thoughts, the my thoughts. The my is the act of identifying. The thoughts have no power over us. It's the my that injects all their meaning. When a thought is seen and you believe you're the thinker of it or it's about you, the injection of meaning doesn't come from the thought to us, it comes from this, you know, the conditional, into that then it opens up when we become conscious of it and we believe it came from the thought. But in fact, when, let's say there's something. I, have, I meet someone. So there's a sense of Paul meeting them. As soon as the meeting occurs, the mental reaction is, what does this remind me of? And then Paul is like the tag for tons of files. It goes into the files and it downloads meaning into the thoughts about this situation. And I believe the person is doing it to me, or something like that. But it's not happening that way. The the conditional mind, those memories, the conditioning, the rehashing and the representing and the re-feeling and the rethinking, injects into this thought. And that what causes that is the MY. See it. See what happens when you have a thought. If someone else has a thought and they share it with you, you have incredible wisdom about it, yeah? You can have the same thoughts, and you're thinking, it's a great idea. And you say, you're freaking insane, you should go into a program right now, and you're thinking, oh, I can do this on my own. <laughs> yes. What's the difference? Same, same thought, but your take is totally different. One is, I have immunity to them when I see them as yours. I don't have immunity to them when I see them as mine. Why is that? Because it's the my that downloads the meaning. Not the thought itself. Thoughts are thoughts. They come and go. That's their nature. You're the one that make them a pack animal. You download a lot of meaning, and then they tr- they create a little trail of mules, and there you go, Sister Sarah, into the Sierra Madres, whatever that movie was. You got all this fucking old shit going into every moment with you. <laughs> Who'd want to be here with all those mules and all the packaging? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'd be ready. I'd be hey, I would be believing in the little oasis. Yeah? Anything. I would be sensing an incredible unbearability and I'd want relief. I could never entertain the relief was right in that moment because I It would be brought about by my absence. I am not going to entertain that. So I have to hope in time that something's going to save me. Something's going to make it better. Somehow, that next picnic I go to will be great. I'll get the biggest piece of the pie. Or I'll meet my fairy princess when I graduate from school. So that will make it okay. That's on and on and on and on and on. This reminds me when I was young, I got arrested so much, and so my family wanted me not to go to jail. So they used they brought me to an insane place, like uh, something called Oaks in Amityville, Long Island and they used to have flute music playing around the all across the grounds, and they had chaise lounges, and I thought, this looks like a good place. <laughs> I thought, man, Jesus, I want to get anyone... I couldn't get in there. But I wanted to get in there. Said, Jesus, guys, you said, flutes, get back. <laughs> nice rolling feet, grass. <laughs> How can you drop the rock if you're the rock? eh? I'm going to drop the rock. That's such bullshit. I'm going to drop the rock. Like, you can pick one up. (laughs) Why do you have so many problems in life? Because a problem begets problems father-like son, like daughter and mother. So if the problem is your misidentification, you better believe it's going to spawn more problems every time it has intercourse with life here. It's going to produce little siblings, more and more problems. And all the while, you'll be thinking, there's 40 problems I have, never recognizing that you're the problem. I mean, Jesus. Didn't that ever happen to you when you look back on your relationship history You know, I was out with maybe 15 different women, and then it finally dawned me, you know? They were all different women, but there was one constant in all my relationships, and it was me. (laughs) Could it it actually have been me that was giving this all the meaning it had? (laughs) I thought it was her that did it to me. You see? We want to throw this off ourselves, because right where it seems to be unbearable to take responsibility is the freedom. Right there. Right behind there is the freedom. See, it's unbearable for Paul to deal with what he seems to have made. But if you can go beyond that idea of being Paul, there's the freedom. When you let something be real as, real as real as it wants to be, it will show its nature, which is unreal. The more and more you're trying to make it unreal, that gives it a reality. In this little place, if it was like a jungle, the predator and prey, you'd see the difference. It's a very simple relationship. The prey gets their throats out by the predator, yeah? But in this situation, your mental process called selfing has you by you trying to get out of it. By you trying to get out of it, that's being in self. How can you escape self-centeredness? Self can't get out of self. So you realize, Jesus, the root of my problem is self. And then you join a two-year group of how to get out of self. That's obsession with self. That's self being once again in self. Self is, is the appearance in and out. What appears to believe that it was in will also appear to believe that it's out. Both of them are selfish. You have never been in, and therefore there's no need to get out. Now there's a new movement with self and non self. It's total bullshit again. There is no self, so why does it need to be a non-self? Now that I realize I'm a non-self, I, I, I don't do everything I used to do before. You never did it. There was never a you that ever did anything. You, you're totally off a hook. There was never been a hook that somehow you still have relevance of getting off. There was never a hook. This apparatus had a mental process called alcoholism. It expressed it perfectly. Then, something occurred, something shifted, and now it's expressing freedom from the absence of self. Perfectly. Was that person an addict, and now is a free person? Neither. It wasn't an addict, nor is it a free person. It's just an expression of what's demonstrating through it. Yeah, It's just like that flute. There's something playing the flute, and then the music is the expression of it. And it goes through the flute. There's something that's living through this, but is not as this. And now it has a form of expression. Yeah, We were suffering from a mental process called alcoholism. It infected our mind. The mind produces the idea of being a self, so our self was infected with alcoholism. And it expressed itself gloriously, like that parasite of alcoholism will with every host, or any host, or any telescope it gets to use. We're all run-of-the-mill typical expressions of an an apparatus that's been taken over by alcoholism. And the same, same, now we surrender, hopefully, and hopefully we recognize the real dilemma, which is an identification as what we're not, and by admitting that, and having experience, not an experience, but somehow a recognition, I'm not that, then something now expresses itself very freely through you, which we used to be all blocked up. You're like the window. The sunlight of the Spirit comes through you. It doesn't come to you. It comes through. We want to be the one who's receiving it. Ah, yes. I'm one of the chosen ones. Give me a freaking break. I'm the one getting the light now. No, you are a conveyor of light you are a prism undifferentiated light comes through consciousness, it hits these prisms this conditionality and voila it manifests hopefully there's always one of the prisms one of the lenses that's facing the other way and so it sees the light as light like in Taoism it says turn, turn the light upon itself, there's a pain in the prism that's turned most of our attention is always going out, but there's some in attention. So when the light comes, it hits, and it sees light on light. Yeah. It's just like that conscious contact. Our attention is in contact. Yeah, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. Just... There's a movement this way. But in duality, which this place is, it's yes, no, high, low, left, right, north, south, you know. This attention's going out. There's also attention going this way. What's happened is the mental process has built the billboard with your smiling face on it. <laughs> and the attention hits that and takes its and because it's been captivated by the process, it's identified as a process, believes this is who it is, and so it dwells there. It's called self-reflection. And that's what happens. When you go home, the, this attention keeps representing the day back to you. And we get caught in this loop of self-importance. And that attention gets hijacked like this. And then boom, 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 boom. But if you can turn the light upon itself, which is, this is not the light. yeah, This is just a mental idea. Then the attention goes through this, this idea, this concept. And goes where? Who knows where? But just goes, takes its own trajectory. And then I feel like it's like a loop. Yeah don't know where it began where it hooks up but it's everywhere yes so now the fish has got the sense of the ocean it doesn't see it doesn't feel like it's wet but it gets its wet yeah it senses it it senses i'm not this little character called the fish i am an expression of the ocean yeah Not as a fish. You cannot wholeheartedly laugh now if you believe in time. <laughs> I don't care if I'm going to get squished by impending doom. I'm going to be smiling until it happens. <laughs> I'm not going to tie to the god of worry and think it's. I'm going to get a, a less severe beating if I worry about inane things every day. <laughs> Didn't you ever feel like that when in before? You it was it's like King Kong in that movie where they, they put the woman up there to keep the King Kong at bay for the rest of the year, you know? So we think there's this impending doom we entertain. I'll be destitute next week. It's like King Kong, we can constantly hear him back there. So we just worry all day. <laughs> Okay, I'll just worry and I'll tithe worrying to this great God of worry. Please, please don't happen. (laughs) So (laughs) the effect that you're actually living as is much more worse than the thought the meaning you gave King Kong coming and ruining your village. You've ruined your life in the village. (laughs) The village isn't even worth being saved. King Kong does he won't have anything to do with it. (laughs) The mind is insane. Let me worry constantly so that real big thing I'm worried about won't happen. (laughs) Okay, I'll just beat the worry with more worry. (laughs) What are you going to worry about? What are you going to worry about? You've got to go into what's not happening. Really, there ain't much to worry about right now. And this meaning, except that I may go on long or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there really isn't much to worry about. It's like, a, it's like an empty field. You can't really harvest. You'd be scratching like a chicken, you know, trying to find something. But there's this giant field of what's not happening. And I can, I mean, what's not happening, anything can happen. Literally, anything can happen and what's not happening. So... Let's say I'm totally healthy. I'll override that with, I'm going to have cancer next week. <laughs> okay, I'm going to totally override the state my body's in now with the speculation of what it's going to be like next week. <laughs> okay, so I go into what's not happening. Yeah. I'm up there. Okay. I'm going to have cancer next week. But the point is, it doesn't download in next week. The experiences or the expression or the demonstration happens through the body. Yes? The body doesn't have any idea of time. It doesn't realize the mind is entertaining what's not happening. It takes everything the mind's entertaining as what's happening. So now, it starts getting worried because right now it thinks it has cancer. It starts flipping out. The nervous system gets a little more afraid. The thoughts go faster. You start sweating. And you're basically totally preoccupied with what's not happening, and you're not engaged with what's happening. That's called living an in interpretation. That's called being a devotee of mind. The mind. That mind, that conditioned mind. Yeah. So what are you going to do? The only solution is to see that it's not happening. And really, what occurs is you see that you're not happening. You're not happening as you think you are. That's the immunity to all the other places of what's not happening. And what occurs is immediately you become conscious of what? Now. And this is the best place to get any information about what to do now is from now. Not from the past or the future. Seriously. You won't get a huge wealth of information. Usually you just get to know what to do next. And a lot of times It's this beautiful state of I don't know, which is, that's where you're living from. There really isn't uh, an imperative to know anything, basically. Things just happen. Like I was with my friend and uh, this lady I see, this healer, she's got me on two shots of espresso every day. I haven't drank coffee in 20 years. (laughs) i <laughs> invented entered the co- cafe culture again. I'm going to Pete's and hanging out, you know. There's a lot of addicts out there, swear <laughs> to God. I, the lines I've been on at Pete's in the middle of the day are amazing. And these people, want to, they're, they're in front of you, <laughs> that's for sure. They want to get that shot. So, I just had idea you know, I've got to uh, drink these latte, you know, express So, I said, all right. Well, then I decided, well, I'm going to go to thrift stores and I found a machine. I had no idea what it was. It could have been a humidifier. It's Tasimo, and I think it's a coffee thing. So I buy it, 850. Now it's weird because it doesn't take coffee. You've got to buy a special coffee called T Discs, which is a packaged coffee, and you put it in this machine and it reads it, computer, and it makes the exact amount. And it also has a water filter, so it purifies the water and it goes through there and makes the perfect espresso. Perfect! a day ago I had no idea now I know disc uh, teas Tassimo $200 coffee makers I'm thrust into this whole world it's fucking it's incredible yeah? and I just run into things that's what happens I never thought about it before I th- think about it I walk to a thrift store there's this machine oh, get that. oh I'm just going to buy some coffee you can't buy coffee for this Gotta go on the computer what is it T-disc where can I find them Bed, bath, bed, and beyond. Bed. I've never been there in my life. Locksburg. I go there. They have a giant wall of them. <laughs> I buy them. And then I see, hey, it's going to cost me like $2 less every time I drink one of these things. Of course, she's only going to have me on it for like three more weeks. But then I'm getting this huge machine that I can sell to someone. So but I get them, all this happened like that. Nothing, I never thought of any of it, and then suddenly it becomes this uh, life, like a beautiful event in life. Yeah, that's what it's like. Things just show up and bam, it's like watching a, like a, one of those f- pictures of a flower going really fast. Things just, you entertain an idea and suddenly, print, And then another Brit. It's beautiful. And it's just a dance. There's a freedom in the verbing of it. You're living, you're conscious. By being so preoccupied of how it should look or how it isn't looking and what I need to worry about, where I'm going to be in the future, you know what's thinking about where it's going to be will not be what's there then. You'll have a whole new personality being presented by the mental process. It will have no semblance of the one you think you are now. So you're worrying about a total stranger. Literally. You know, it's worrying about how a total stranger is going to be doing. Who gives a shit? But the one that seemingly is now, you have no care for. Now I'm waiting for something special. Then I'll embrace it. If you're not embracing now, now, you won't embrace anything later. Yeah. You'll be like this. You'll want to, Maybe but you won't have the ability to open up. You won't be able to fit yourself around those circumstances because you've been constantly fitting the circumstances around you. When you want to be big, the world is small. Totally, very, very small. When you surrender, then you fit yourself around life, you get the sense, the intimation of what life is, which is conscious. A conscious living verb. And how could you not be that? You qualify for being everywhere, eh? I'm going to be going back to Amityville soon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting close. always looking back always waiting to bring something with it this is called abandonment and abandonment is without reservation not for your life just this moment don't look back because nothing's there nothing's there you don't need any permission you don't have to make any penance to be let go you and all your cases have been brought to the court of light You have been pardoned. You have been given your freedom. Every one of them, every case that you've held against yourself has been dismissed. No probation. No penance. You don't have to play small. You don't have to be apologetic for your freedom you don't have to bookend in it with oh i know i'm still crazy no no yeah. any questions tonight I like that. Any questions I No. <laughs> the window's about a, a, a nanosecond. Some people are persistent. They get it in there. But try to slam that window as fast as possible. All right, well, we'll pass the basket. Does someone have a hat we can borrow? Yeah. Our meeting will be supplied with water from our friend Aquananda. Actually, we should bring some water here and our family will get good energy. The espresso machine. He'll be on sale probably in about four weeks when the lady takes me off of espresso. It's a damn good one, though. It's sort of cool. <laughs> I'm like a pit bull though. Once I get on something, I'm find those T disks, best price I could possibly get them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, there's no one there. That's the good news. You can come off your own with probation. That's a funny thing really. Now, it appears here, in my experience, that you're totally much more individual when you realize you're not an individual. It's, it's funny, because things that were, all these little preconceived dams are just broken. Not like big events, but they're just like the hell of it, you know? What the hell is all this about? This constant locking in Yeah doors start opening and uh, the light goes in and out. All right, we'll end with serenity prayer. Yes?